my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? One, two, three, four. Get up, get on up. Get up, get on up. Stay on the scene. Get on up, like a sex machine. Get on up. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg, sort of, on this Saturday morning, saying to you, good morning, Judge. Good morning. Hey, you heard that voice right there. That's Eric Slaughter. And we, yeah, we forgot to set the clocks back. <laughs> Something like that. Um, yeah, this is the this is the beginning of an ebb and flow to the Saturday shows. And that's not for any... Sort of, well, bad news in that you won't hear the, the your usual voices for the length of time that we normally do on Saturday mornings. But there's there's some changes coming up. College football obviously is getting ready to hit, and so ninety two nine the game, of course, um, continuing our presence with that sport. We're going to start adding some shows here, and that will affect what Sam and I do on Saturday mornings when he's here. But of course, Mr. Crenshaw had his Friday night high school show, which we are going to hear school days from. And I think we're hearing some right now. <laughs> I, can, I can hear something there, my boy, so I don't know what's, what's happening, whatever you're playing. Anyway, Eric is going to be joining us. He did last Saturday. He's going to be joining. We're going to find out a whole lot more about Eric than he may have wanted to. But anyway, we get ready on this Saturday morning, the 27th day of August. Man, I got I to gotta talk to you. How was your – can you move that over a little bit so I can see you? There, there you go. Yeah, they got all these, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in Star Trek 9 or whatever I am. See, that's why here. I was trying to get in there earlier so you yeah. get that stuff taken care of. So we well, I'm just filling, out, I'm just filling out the log. I'm just making notes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sitting closer to the screen that blocks me. I'm not actually doing anything. I'm just yeah. making okay. some notes. But anyway. I'll, I'll get in your peripheral. Thank you. Yeah, I need to see who <laughs> well, It's one thing when I'm sitting at home and I got Jesse next to me. Yeah. But now I'm back in studio. And, again, thank you. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, the station, um, for understanding. But we've all... Sort of gone through this. My wife had COVID, and the second I found that out, I was like, "And y'all were getting ready to start the high school show, right?" That's how long she had it. She had it for like a yeah. week and a half, nearly yeah. two weeks before she was feeling. Everything better. doing well? She feeling good? She's fine now, but everybody's gone through Taste, this. Smell all that good stuff. Everything is everything back to, you know, she's good. Well, I take that back. She does have some issues, but she doesn't have COVID. You know, there's long term, you know, some coughing and things like that. But she's tested negative and. We're all good. But when it hit, um, I was to come in here like a couple days later, and you guys were getting ready to get busy on that upcoming first high school scoreboard show. I was like, uh-uh, I ain't coming in here, man, because if I get Sam sick, I ain't never going to live that down. Yeah, because he had three, four straight days of madness between, you know, he was at all the games on Wednesday and Thursday, had the show Friday night, Play by play on Saturday, then they had the other they had back with you on Sunday. Yeah. Sam had four or five straight days of uh so he earned his money. Yeah. That's what happens to to, to us part timers from time to time. We got a nice little situation going, you know. We we come in, we do a, we try to do as good a job as possible, and then every once in a while we get put into the fast lane. And and that and that's what happened. It'll be us again next week for three three days to cover those holidays as Listen, we always do. I could not. Yeah, we'll be on we'll be on um, Memorial Day morning. Yeah. But uh, again, and I want to talk about this because we have something special coming up in this show. 
But the high school scoreboard show, you guys did it again last night. Where were you at? I was at the campus of Kell High School up in, you know, they call it Marietta, even though if you throw a rock across the street, you're in Woodstock. Okay, okay. But, but the actual address of the school is Marietta. But you get off on the Woodstock exit, take a right, take another right, and you're at the campus. And, you know, so that's where I was. It was a great game. To, you know, you, you follow, you have social media, but you don't really do much on I it. I dip my toe in it because I've, I've had a bad experience a while ago, so I'm just like, I don't know. No, you know, but I, I walk. I walked through the gates at uh, they called the stockyard, and they had a grill pit with two big grills going. And I said, "This is my stop right here. This is where this well, is my well, exit hang, to the hang, train." Hang, that's great, but what's that got to do with social media? Well, I put it out there. Oh, you put okay. Yeah, I, got you. I was like, I'm well, here. I follow you and, yeah. and Sam, but I mean, yeah. I'm just not out there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I was like, I'm here at the barbecue pit. I had the two. They had two cooks, one on each grill. <laughs> I was like, I got my two new best friends. Anyway, Mr. Crenshaw will be here um, tomorrow morning. But, again, he did his show till midnight last night. And I'm not about to ask that man to get up and drive in here from wherever he's at these days <laughs> and be here at dark 30 in the morning. So he will be with us tomorrow. Hey, he might call in. I don't know. We might get that. But what we are going to do is give you school days. That is one of the signature features of the high school scoreboard show. And last week was the inaugural show. They had Jamal Lewis. This week, it didn't disappoint again. DJ Shockley. And it's not about what they did in college. It's not about what the athletes did at the pro level. It's all about their time playing Georgia high school football. So we're going to present that to you. If you didn't hear it last night, going to give you a couple times during the show. Um, listen, this past week, man, this is one of the things that Sam and I talk about. How was your week? Whether it's just things that happened to you or what you noticed in the world of sports. Oh, what I noticed in the world of sports that is caught that, your attention. That caught my attention is that um, no matter no matter how much money you make, you still have moments of irrational decisions. Because I don't know what. Uh, Boy, that's a got, wide paintbrush right there. Yeah, but I, I don't know what got into uh, the defense tackle from the Los Angeles Rams, who is now the highest paid player. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Thank you. Yeah. You know he out there swinging, swinging helmets, helmet. and I'm like, uh, well, that doesn't. Why would why would the amount of money surprise you because them dudes are football players, man, and you get under a football player's skin as tightly if, if, wound as they are? If, if you signed the kind of contract Aaron Donald signed in the offseason, nothing would upset me. You could talk about everybody in my family. Oh, you know the word, Yeah, but see, it couldn't have been – it may not have been about something that somebody said. Well, I don't when, know. Like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying you couldn't get – in a practice – there will be nothing <laughs> you can do. Talking about, practice. talking about practice. We're in a but practice, see, and you're going to get me upset. I'm going to start swinging helmets. Yeah. No. I, I, no. Listen, I'm, I'm not condoning it, but I, I get it. These guys are trying to get ready for a season, right? And, yeah. And, and, and buttons are put. How do, you, how do you think an NFL player, you know, turns up that juice that gets him ready for game one? It's. I would think it's things like this, things like that. We on talk a, about on, the, a, on a midweek practice. Yes, in the last week I would of the think that somebody who you don't, who's not a teammate, yeah. who's not a teammate, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they're going to see each other during the season. Obviously, something could have been said about somebody's mama after because it was. We're talking about their Super Bowl opponent. <laughs> that was Cincinnati, right? <laughs> yeah. So kind of funny that those two teams would have the wasn't it tough? <laughs> wasn't it tough? <laughs> the inter team workouts. But I, I have, I completely understand that that would be something that would yeah. happen to get them worked up. You know, we, you hear this with the all-time greats. They try to find juice from someplace. And whether it's somebody saying something, whether it's somebody grabbing something and, and, and doing something with them 
you know, underneath the pile. Mm-hmm. Who knows what? No, you're right. But Aaron Donald, there's a reason he got that contract. There's a reason he got he is considered the player he is. Yeah. He got that extra gear. He's got that extra something, that indescribable quality that makes him Aaron Donald. I want to go back because I love do – you, do you ever go back and watch or read what they call the redrafts every couple years where they do it? It's like, oh, if we had to redraft 2015, if we had no. to redraft 2016. But I do go back and watch stuff, but, I mean, you no. To your point. But yeah, how, how does Aaron Donald fall, fall to the 13th pick in the first round of NFL draft? If they have to redraft that, I will. I, I know they've done it, and I don't have I don't have it in front of me. I don't know who was the first, second, or third pick, but the fact that he fell to 13, dude, there was this story after story after story about this all time great, this Hall of Famer, sixth round here, yeah, you're fifth right, round there, you're right, picked a, you know, in, in every sport, every sport. Now we don't follow baseball drafts, you know, like we do football and basketball, right? But basketball drafts, you know. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, you talk about the, the what's the gold standard? The one that everybody goes to first. Elijahwan and uh, 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 oh, see, come you on. gotta remember his name. University of Kentucky, big man. His SP. knees. He, SP. Sam. What is restaurant? It? Restaurant. Oh, Tiger likes going there. <laughs> you got me going. Favorite, favorite of Tigers? No, I, I, Perkins. Sam, no, no, Perkins went after him. Oh, oh, say, oh, yeah. You know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Well, I just want to say Sam Perkins, Bowie. Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie went number two to Portland. <laughs> I just want. I just get Sam Perkins in there. Perkins was was. I got people was, screaming was, at the radio right yeah, now. Yeah. You yeah, know, that, that was that was so Michael's so. teammate. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. He went, That's what I was thinking yeah. of. Then he, I think he went the the pick right after Michael or. Somewhere like that. The point. Yeah. The point is, Portland mm-hmm. didn't think that they needed Jordan because they, they had, had Clyde. They had Clyde. Did Drexler. you see? And once again, you know, did you see Clyde was in town? Had a, took a picture with Day Day. No. Yeah. Clyde so Day 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 was cheesing from ear to ear with when he took a picture with uh, uh Clyde Clyde Drexler. I think that was at the Big Three championships that were here last Sunday. Farm Arena. You know what? It, it will never be said out loud. What's that? But you know what? Clyde, Clyde Drexler has the the. The honor of being, and and we obviously he was one of the most famous teams of all time. Right. But when you see that documentary about the Dream Team, okay, he's like the last pro mentioned, like an afterthought. You know, they talk about everybody else. They do a little bit on everybody else, and then the team is rounded out by Clyde Drexler and, and not Isaiah Thomas. And, 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 well, hang on, that's what I was getting to. And then they talk about. Um, Bringing on uh, Christian Leitner and the last you know spot the was reserved kid, for a yeah. college kid uh-huh. and Christian. Leitner. My point is, and that's exactly right. Clyde Drexler was Isaiah's replacement. Yeah, Isaiah to this day, that's his fault, still... man. And he turned his back on them dudes too because see, what did he say after the, after Last Dance came out when they cornered him about that time? And he's like, if I could do, I'd do it. Man, shut up. Right. That's why the, the folks that that's why folks in in, in Chicago and West Ham, him. Just get away, didn't want to play basketball. Did you imagine if Isaiah went to DePaul when Mark Aguirre was there and Terry Cummings and Isaiah was on that team? Was I mean, I know it was early 80s. So. Yeah, but I'm saying he yeah. went to Indiana. He right. left the state. Yeah. And they were all trying to get them boys under the, under the um, um, DePaul umbrella. But okay. he didn't go. He's just he, – and, he, and then he turned his back on Detroit, you know, on those, on those fans by what he said afterwards. Can't be trusted. Dude threw his, his daughter under the bus when all that stuff came out about what was going on in the offices of the Knicks, right? Really? Yeah, I'll go back be, and look at them stories. I got to go back. Yeah, I do. Clyde Drexler. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. 92.9 The Game.com. Let me know, let you know what we got coming up. We're going to talk about, I mean, please, they are doing everything they need to do to put pressure on those uh, those Mets, 
I was thinking last about you. I, you go. I was thinking about you last night because at twelve midnight, I'm like, "Can you please get this final out so me and Greg can go to sleep?" <laughs> I was like, "Greg ain't still watching." I know I ain't still watching. No, they, you know. Listen, I had this fourteen or whatever. What, eleven. It was eleven to four. Eleven to four. It was eleven to one or two going I was into that of the ninth Pittsburgh inning. game where they got fourteen. Yeah, it was eleven to one going into the ninth inning, and this dude just could not get out, and then unfortunately he gets. Beamed and has to leave the game. Yeah, you missed all that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Oh, we no, won't talk about. I that. didn't miss anything because I saw the final score. Yeah, okay, we'll talk about that when so, we come back. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that. We also got to talk some Falcons. We can kind of—I eh, don't know what we can say about the Jets game, but getting ready for obviously um, tonight's matchup with the Jags. Going to talk about um, some local stuff here with John Nelson, who was going to join us last week, and he could be. Uh, John's going to talk a little Georgia State and whatever else is on his mind. Got your world coming up. Going to go around the NFL, too. Corey McCartney, speaking of the Braves, is going to join us coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, which is normally our last. you got to keep me up on stuff today, man, because I'm an hour behind. So we are going to be with you until 11 a.m. this morning. And coming up in the 10 o'clock hour, speaking of Falcons, D. Orlando Ledbetter. D. Led is going to join us for the first time in this getting ready for football season. And hopefully he will not scold me. Uh, Eric Slaughter, he is in for Mr. Crenshaw this morning. We're just getting started, having some fun. And, uh, of course, got a casting call for you and a couple surprises if somebody's going to come out here. Just getting started. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Shot headed for right center field. That's going to score two for sure. Darno around second. On his way to third. He's getting the green light. Contreras with a double. Clears the bases and the Braves break it open. Coming on. He is there and that is it. The Braves have won another game on the road. That's 10 in a row and they get this weekend off to a great start. An 11-4 final at Bush Stadium. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Saturday morning. Thank you to Bally Sports for the sound on that one. I got to do this again. Good morning, Georgia. Good morning. And a good morning to you folks in Sugar Hill. Sugar Hill up there, yeah. up 985 going up there. I wonder how uh, that's the Lamberts up there in Sugar Hill. I don't know what they did last night. I got to look, well, and look well, them up. Well, you check on that. I, just, okay. I forgot to do that in the first one, so yeah. I want to get that. We'll come back to a little nuances of Sugar Hill. But as you heard from the call, thanks to Ballasport, <laughs> Braves got it done again. We talked a little bit about that in the first segment. Um, Wilson Contreras, <sighs> four for five, getting it done. This guy is you know, I, where would you put him? Instead of me, you just throwing hyperbole out here. When you talk about the the little nuggets of unexpected, whether power, speed, um, timely hitting that this team gets, and of course he ain't playing every day. He's you know he DHs a lot, but not playing every day. But what you get from this guy are the Braves where they are, absolutely. Wise, without him, absolutely not. Especially not being the one of the first people you think of. When you think of the success of this team. Timely hits. He gets timely yes, hits. He does. And it's not all long balls. It's the single to advance the runner. Beat, it's the double to drive in. Base take, oh, or a catcher. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tell me about it. Please. No. Yes, this this young kid, and obviously it's in the genetics 
because him well, he, and his brother. He, he going he, he to have all the talk at the, at the Thanksgiving table oh. at the house. Because <laughs> little brother, he going to yeah. playoffs. He, listen, okay, you, you, got a, you got a chip a few years ago. Actually, I can't remember if he was on. The Cubs team that if won If he it? was on in 16. Uh, that seems like it was so long ago yeah, now. I no, doubt he was. Anyway, um, again, Braves get it done last night. And as you watch them throughout this week, they're on a four-game winning streak and sitting two games behind the Mets. This is what Mets I was just t- can't lose. Pardon? The Mets just can't lose. Yeah, but again, what what month are we in? Still August. Okay. For, anybody for want a World couple, Series? Couple more days. All right. So anybody want to chip in August? No. Anybody want to chip no. in September? You can, but you set yourself up if you're doing it properly. What did this team? Where was this team sitting at last year in August? On August 27th, they probably were just getting over 500. It was sometime in this month last year where they finally got over 500 and stayed above 500. I didn't run it, um, and I know that there's people who listen who are listening who did. I'm not sure of where exactly. What do they call it? Is it uh, Heart Attack Hill or, or that, that part of the Peachtree Road Race? Cardiac Hill. Cardiac Hill. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Hamburger Hill. <laughs> but that part, how far is that from the actual finish line? Oh, it's, it's a good two miles still. Okay, so my point is, once you get past that, yeah. it's kind of sort of like the home stretch. Right. And that was the analogy I was going for in that uh, we ain't even hit that, that last hump. See, for me, that last hump is going to be this West Coast trip they got coming up. After St. Louis? Yes. Okay. That, that last trip, that's the hump. Mm-hmm. They get it done out there, even though it's not, um, you know, divisional division, foes, right. if you will. Because then you finish with 12 straight against the division. But you got to go, you got to make that, you got to pick up and go out there and do your thing. I'm doing this off top, I'm not even looking at the list. I think it's Colorado, San Francisco, and. I'll keep going out yeah. for you. Yeah. But anyway, they, that trip is what, for me, is going to be the last little hurdle. Because when they get back here, when they get east of the Mississippi, it's going to be fine. Even though they finished the, you know, the season, regular season, on the road, everything is pointed toward that three-game series with the Mets. You were way off. Way Colorado, off. Okay, Colorado. No, no. Oh, no. Oakland. Oh, I forgot about the – okay, that's right, Matt. He's going back home. Seattle. Or going back to a – Which are very okay. winnable games. I wasn't way off. I was still west of the Mississippi. <laughs> But you wasn't west of the Rockies. Ah, cool. <laughs> and you did have San Fran. And I San knew San Fran, Fran yeah. was there. Yeah. But, nope, that's a – you know, it's funny. So you go to Oakland, then you leave the Bay Area to go up to Seattle to come back to San Fran. Why couldn't they just get both of those out the way while they were in Northern Cali? Um, good question. Uh, you know, the, the people who make the schedule, come on. Yep, let's send them to Oakland. Oh, no, go up to Seattle and then come back to, to San Fran. If you Have you ever been out there before? Oh, absolutely. If you had a day off. In you know, say like between Oakland, and San Francisco, that that series. Mm-hmm. Where would you go? Well, I, I did not see Alcatraz, so I would definitely have to see Alcatraz. Um, the the chocolate is it Giardelli, Gordelli? That, okay, yeah. That they have yeah. a great um, a tour of their factory. Of course, you got to hit the Fisherman's Wharf. That was re- pretty cool. So you're going to do all the touristy things? Yeah, yeah. You've been out there before, but yet you still want to do the tour. Most people who've been out there. They know that they've done the tour stuff. Mm-hmm. So the next time they go, they're going to those little nooks and crannies of places that people who live there have told them about. Oh, you need I, to go here this time. See, every time I've been out there was for a sporting event. I've been to Old Candlestick. I've been to New Levi's Stadium. I've been to, of course, the unfortunate place of the Oakland Coliseum that the A's are still stuck in playing. Um, I can't afford a seat at the Chase Center. So unless I can get a credential, 
I ain't gonna, gonna try it. I have not been to AT and T Park. Okay. I, I would need to go to AT and T Park. I would seriously consider, seriously consider, if if we had like say we played a day game mm-hmm. on Wednesday, done Wednesday night. We get Thursday off. Right. We start the weekend series. Okay. That night, I would seriously consider getting a car and driving to Lake Tahoe. Oh yeah, yeah. I hear you. It's about well, two see, me and you drive. Got, me and you got that 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 you know we like a ding 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 ding. Yeah. We got that in common. I, I I would go to Lake Tahoe and have you know of course if I'm playing Major League Baseball I got it like that so yeah. I can have one of those little boats ready right. and just spend the day there and there's that marina that's right there. I'd either do that or I'd go get a room like the El Dorado and and stay believe it or not in Reno and just gamble. Yeah. They got like three casinos connected. You ain't got to go outside again. So you, you park your car at the El Dorado, and you got, I think it was a Circus Circus and some other little hotel there. And I just, I, I'm one of the few people that actually like Reno. Okay. I really do. I, I don't know why, as far as gambling. I, I want, okay, as I once as got gambling. offered a job in Reno. Yeah. I don't know that I want to live there, but as far as gambling, if, if I had to choose between, I have taken money from there every time I have really? gone there. When okay. And it's usually the day I'm leaving. Waiting for a flight that doesn't leave till like four or five in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I go down, you I get my bags with me, and I just go and I, and especially if I'm playing blackjack like with, with Tracy, because I don't play blackjack. So when I play, oh, I don't care, game. and I start, you know, I win, I just let it roll, or I, 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 I bet lo- more than I would if I'm playing roulette, which is my game. Got you. Okay. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. Falcons get ready to take on the Jags, and we're going to bring you coverage. Pre-game starts at one o'clock. Kick is at three. Everything you wanted to know about what. The Falcons should be doing, may be doing in this game. We are going to give to you. So again, that's coming up at one o'clock. Hey, listen, during this um, Brave series with uh, the Cardinals, are you are you taking the time to enjoy what you're seeing with Albert Pujols? I, I was enjoying it. See, like I said, so I was I was sitting there watching last night. And I'm actually I'm one of Greg is staying up watching this game. So Pujols yeah, came Pujols came up in eighth. Oh yeah. <sighs> That, you talking about the one that he almost jerked out? Yes. And I, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you got to – I think at the time they had a nine-run lead. Yeah. He had it was a one run on base, and I'm yep. like, come on. Come on. Groove give it. One, yes, 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 yes. Um, they won't listen to us, but no, I want yes, them to groove I one want, to him. And, and he, you, he swung for the fences. And he did. He got a fastball. Yeah. Albert ain't scared of fastballs, yeah. even at this age. Yeah. And then uh, I'm sitting there, um, you know, who I was watching the game with last night. And uh, <laughs> see when you say it like that, that makes me want to kind of Columbo. No, yeah, I was, I was you know, but just why, why you say it like that? Now, right. Who are you talking about? But Where it, are you hiding from? But anyway, we were talking. He was like, "Well, maybe he'll get back up." And I'm like, "Well, there's only one in and left. And if he gets back up, that means <laughs> things have gone really bad." And do you know, with the two outs in the bottom of the ninth, as the Braves were starting to make it interesting, who was on deck to come up? Pool holes, and I'm like. If he gets up, it'll be the bases loaded, and then now yeah. you can't. You got to you got to grew one to him. Thankfully, thankfully they final out. Is he the greatest ball player during your lifetime? No. Okay. If not, you put ahead of him. It's, I'm talking like from from soup to nuts. Their whole career, mm-hmm. fielding, batting, mm-hmm. the person. You know, even even though his second half of his career was injury plagued, I'm starting with Junior. Okay, defense, natural swing. I was having a conversation about this last night, and I said something out loud that made everybody just funny, and I stick by it. 
Now, I'm not talking about what he does at the plate, but if you had to meet, if I had to pick one center fielder, mm-hmm. or I was putting a team together, right. and I had to pick one center fielder for just their fielding, I'm taking Andrew over Griffey. For fielding uh, only. Andrew Jones, who was yes. on 92-90 game yesterday huh. with Andy and Andy and Deuce Bell. Somebody. No, actually, I'm sorry. He was with John Chuckery. Okay. Yeah, and the one yesterday, I believe, was Thursday. Okay. Um, I'm taking him. And you look at the Golden Gloves in the 90s and who got him. He had like 10 straight. Thank but, you. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying overall player. I'm, okay. not gonna, I'm not that stupid to, to say that out loud. But if it's just fielding. Okay. That's why he – listen – Ozzie Smith is in the Hall of Fame because of he's what? The, he's the greatest shortstop defensively Fielding. of all time. There you yeah. go. Yeah, so yeah. You and Omar Vizquel may, may, maybe has a small argument, but yeah. a small argument. There are there are people across the, the the landscape of baseball who know what kind of outfielder he was, right? Yes. And you can compare him and have this conversation whether you pick Griffey here above him. Uh, listen, there's a there's a dude who rarely gets mentioned who's got one of the greatest catches of all time. In, in center field. Willie Mays? I'm not talking about Willie okay. Mays. That was a World Series. That's why that one's heightened. But one of the greatest catches of all time from a center fielder, and his name rarely gets mentioned. It popped into my head because of who the Braves oh, are playing. I think I know. Yep, Jim Abbott. Jim Edmonds. Jim Edmonds, okay. But I, when, Jim, you, when you Jim said – Jim Abbott so, did something yeah. just as spectacular. Right. He was a, the lefty. He was a, he was a one-handed handed, yeah. pitcher right. who threw gotcha. a no-hitter. Yeah, but Jim Edmonds, yes. But that, Jim Edmonds laid out. that yeah. – I mean, laid out yeah. like 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 uh, what swimmer dude. Uh, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. <laughs> yeah. Guy and caught yeah. that ball. Right. He, was, he was a heck of a defensive yeah. center fielder, yes. So, anyway, we got into this when we talked about Griffey. But Griffey's above Albert for you. Who else? Um – See, defensively, Albert leaves a lot to be desired at first base, in my opinion. So um, I'm going to take Griffey. I'm going to take, even though you say what he wants to about his career, I'm going to take Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, you can say a lot about his career. But as a talent. Then why did he have to do what he did? See, that's what gets you up. It's the same thing with Barry Bonds. Exactly, same thing. Yeah. And he, we're sitting in the barbershop right now. We're over off the everybody, hook. Everybody gonna, else is cheating? You're going to put his name? Yeah, but everybody else isn't stupid enough to get caught and be as blatant as him. Look, when you when you are as that's, cocky. That's and, ego. That's right. And, 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 you know, unfortunately, the, 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 the man is a, you know, and it, I give him his props. The man, the man, the man can, can, can wear a suit, okay? He's, he's a good-looking brother. Who are you, you talking know? about, Barry Bonds? No, I'm talking about Alex Rodriguez. Oh. You know, so when you got money, Listen, you're good-looking, you're dumped, talented. He just got dumped, and, and he, he – <laughs> The, rec- the reclamation he project want, he didn't of want him. J-Lo. Yeah, he didn't. He had his fun with her and said, "Okay, go ahead." He excuse when, when, me. When you she, put it on him. Yes, when she was like, "Are Please. you going to marry me?" She decided like, what was going on there. No, whatever. She he decided can, what he was going on. He can buy and sell J Lo. Anyway, J Lo almost he sixty. Had a, she everybody, was, she knew she was finished. She's like, I got to find a husband. He was like, "Ain't gonna be me." Hang on a second. You said that out loud. Yeah. You you said that. That you're basically saying that A Rod lifted Jennifer Lopez's career? No. What did you I'm just say? Her I'm, career was was. What did you just say? I said he can buy and sell her. <laughs> oh, man, we got to have a conversation. We were it, supposed to get to some audio from Austin. Riley. Yes, we were talking about it. Well, Austin was talking about his time with Albert Pujols and and how much well what he felt about being in his presence. This ballpark and a lot of homers. Uh, that's you know I grew up watching watching him play. Um, here all the time like I mean if, if he was on I was I was watching um, and, and to be you know played against him before and like I said being able to play against him here um, I think that's pretty pretty cool what he's done you know for the game of baseball and, and for a career himself is 
is incredible. Um, so I, I consider myself very fortunate to, to spend a little bit of time. Austin Riley talking about Albert Pujols. You know, it's rare that we have two all-time greats whose careers, they don't mirror each other, but you can you can make an argument for why one should be above the other, and then you can make the other argument back and forth. Albert Pujols, by the way, his first 10 years in the league, baseball minds will all tell you that trumps everybody. Right, because he was what, everybody. The, the first person to be – 30, 40 home runs and so many RBIs and all that stuff. Look at Corey, first... Corey will come out. He'll join oh, Corey he, McCartney's going to join he us He can drop on. every stat you want. I'm but sure. then, then you ask yourself, well, how much ahead of him is, 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 or how much is Miguel Cabrera behind Albert in what he's done? You see what I mean? And these both of these guys are on the, on the 18th hole of their career. Right, but Albert's, C- Cabrera's out. cliff was a lot steeper than Pujols' in my opinion. When he fell off, he fell off quick, fast, and hard. Mm-hmm. All right, well, anyway, we are going to talk more baseball, like I said, with Corey McCartney coming up later on in the show. Going to talk to John Nelson coming up in the 8 o'clock hour from GPB. Again, uh, get thoughts on what's going on with Georgia State, Mr. Crenshaw's other location, too. But uh, we supposed to let them have John last week and talk some high school football, so that'll come up. But up next, Falcons getting ready for the Jags today and their matchup kickoff at 3 o'clock pregame at 1. You'll hear all of that right here on Sports Radio 92.9 and 92.9thegame.com. Sports Radio 929 the game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Saturday morning, August 27th. Thank you for making us a part of your, your Saturday morning. Mr. Crenshaw, sleeping in this morning. Stayed up doing his high school scoreboard show last night. We'll be doing it every Friday night. You can tune in at 7 p.m. every Friday night. Him and Chris Parker, they run through everything you need to know as far as what's going on in high school football. I'll give you the games, what's going on. I got correspondents, including our own producer, Eric Slaughter, who's here. But just a stable of other guys fanned out around the city bringing you updates. And, of course, one of the segments from that show is called School Days. And they interview a top name who played high school football here in Georgia. Last week was um, Jamal Lewis, the first one. Today, DJ Shockley. And we're going to replay that interview, if you didn't hear it last night, coming up top of the hour. Everything's all discombobulated today because <laughs> I, I made that word up. Discombobulated because, you know, we started – like we didn't set our clocks back, so we're, we just kind of thank you to Falcons football for yes, throwing this schedule off. Absolutely. Um, also, uh, this was a very you heard us coming back here, man. This was a very sad day in the world of rock and roll. This was the day, 1990, lost Stevie Ray Vaughan, August 27th, helicopter crash, I believe it was. But yeah, 19, uh, 1990. Mm, if you had to get, well, you are you a Stevie Ray Vaughan fan? I didn't know who Stevie Ray Vaughan was until you brought him up five minutes ago. Yeah, well, you should do some little history, and the people are look, looking for you. They're is looking he, for you for he, two reasons. Was he a solo artist? <laughs> he was a one of the great guitar players. Okay. Somebody, other people will say blues guitarists. No, guitar players, performers, singers. Stevie Ray Vaughan was, an, was a, was a, was, you know what they talk about, shooting stars? Uh-huh. That came and then went, and you didn't appreciate gotcha. them till long after they were gone. Okay, that's Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, but just and and doing it looking like not many of the other blues great blues guitarists before him. I'll just put it that way. 
made a lot of people open their eyes and go, this dude is special. Okay, when I think of blues guitarists, I think of yeah. one man and one man only. Well, there's more than just BB. There's yeah, Albert, yeah. and there's, okay. there's 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 the the club I will take you to if you ever come to Chicago and I'm there mm-hmm. is Buddy Guys. All right. So there's a whole lot of blues folks. You know, it's funny. One a couple weeks back, you and Sam were having a conversation, and you mentioned uh, you were talking about Nashville. And you threw out Beale Street, and, yeah. and I was like, "No, it's Beale." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, I was like, Greg thinking about the blues." Yeah, because well, <laughs> I've been on Beale Street, had a yeah. good time on Beale Street, had some ribs and hair, and and it's all live music, one of the best nights of my life. Yeah, yeah. You keep your hand by your pocket too when you're walking down Beale Street. Well, I, I, I don't put no money. Don't carry no stuff. money. Don't carry no wallet. You'll be all right. <laughs> I learned that lesson. Um, let's talk about these Falcons again. Get ready to take on the Jags in their last preseason game today. Uh, after that Jets matchup, there was some sound. And, and listen, did we hear the sound? Because I didn't, I didn't hear it, but I heard about it. That coach came out and apologized for <laughs> for those of us who had watched the second he, half of the game. He said, "I'm sorry, you guys had to had to sit through that." Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't find that cut, but I, I found some other ones. But yeah, you know, but they were like you said. I, I heard him, and he said, "Look, it was raining. We were up." We wanted to get out of here with no injuries. We got to play again in five days, and we just wanted to get through it. And it was the Felipe Frank show throughout the second half. It was Felipe run left, Felipe run right. Well, along those same lines, uh, you got number eight ready. Let's hear from Coach Smith. The way the game went, found an opportunity, and see, you know, you can't make those situations up. You can't say another practice. Go finish the game. Four-minute defense. We got the ball back. Got a fourth down. Obviously, I wouldn't go for the tie in the preseason. Fourth down, pressure situation, see what happened. They converted. Uh, last week, we were trying to be smart. We needed guys to play. We played everybody we could. We didn't want to play anybody extensive amount of time knowing that today. So we gave an opportunity to all our guys to get reps, and that's why we played Felipe. All right, well, there you go. And, and I, again, I didn't see – the second half of that game. I watched the first half. I saw some movement down the field with Mariota. Felipe and, run left. Felipe <laughs> run and, and Ritter. So they look, you know, they look, you know. It, well, in the first was, half, they like both. Push. What are you talking about? The, yeah, the first the, half the of that game? Jets oh, game. Oh, they man. looked all right, man. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. as surprising as when they played Detroit. Right. But it was still, okay, they did what they had to do. They moved the ball down the field. Very efficiently. Now, my question is, as we sit here getting ready for this Jags game, mm-hmm. what we saw last week, was that a byproduct of, the Falcons and playing the way they should and doing what they had to do, or is it an indictment on the Jets and their defense? Well, supposedly the Jets didn't play their usual front seven very much. So once again, they were saying, oh, they're doing it against guys who may not make the team. Blah, 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 blah. You can execute, throw the ball, complete passes, they threw Ritter and Mariota threw the ball in some tight windows. Yeah, they did. Yeah, windows. they did. They, boy, they th- no, they threw some guys open. Yes, Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I, I, I was very impressed with Mariota. The, the touchdown pass he hit, um, Olamide Zacchaeus. I love Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. No, no. Oh, oh, he Listen, my wife zipped. said that. She said because these guys threw the ball a whole lot yeah, better than Matt yeah. Ryan. He zipped in the end zone yeah. in a millimeter, centimeter of difference. Zacchaeus does not have that touchdown. And yeah. and that was something I was like, yeah, I can, I can, I can. So, hey, I'm looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to today, too. So, you know, we'll see what happens. It was refreshing um, to see those throws. So here's the question that – I want to ask you, or just a conversation. I want to take it down this road. What do you show? What do you see 
today from the I, I mean I, I say this rhetorically of course but you know what can you take what can you what can you do in this game won't give away coming up in you know the first game against New Orleans and you're going out west because you know that teams are always trying to keep a little bit back so folks don't have that much tape on you and I say this because of this Arthur Smith last year Dan Quinn before that when they went into a season people that were getting tapes on this Falcons team know what knew what they had at quarterback and they know what they did they, and they know what the Falcons couldn't do at and the more that the wide receiving core got band-aids put on them and it was like, there this guy whatever it was you had a grip on and a knowledge of what these Falcons team could bring you weren't really surprised by a whole lot this year is different and 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 I think the advantage is that you just don't give them a whole lot. We know that Mariota can throw. We're seeing some things from Ritter. Okay, cool. You guys don't get hurt and do that in the regular season. We're not going to give them a whole lot. I mean, we got to work on some stuff. But well, obviously, like every other team, you're not going to show them a whole lot in this last preseason game right. getting well, ready well, for New Orleans. a lot World. of guys aren't going to play. Right. It's going to be very vanilla. Um, you know, we have not seen any of our first – round draft pick Drake London other than a few minutes against Detroit. And how do you feel about that? I'm fine because with it. You, no, no, I mean, I'm fine with I realize it. you don't want anybody to get hurt, but yep. now we got three preseason games as opposed to four. And there was an there was an ebb and flow to the preseason because, you know, the first game you're going to do this, mm-hmm. second game you're going to do that, third game was going to be this, and then the fourth game, you know, right. people are going to chill and you're going to see who's going to actually make the team, who's going to the practice squad in that fourth game. Now you, everything is condensed, and you have to come up with some answers by seeing some people. And if you don't see them enough, I guess, like I said, my question is, do you think that every team gets a chance to see the players' in-game situations the way they need to, given this new this new format? Well, obviously not every team, no. There are a lot of teams out there that have questions. We're talking about one particular player right now in Drake London who hasn't been out there since the first preseason game, but he has been practicing. And I believe that the timing that he can get down with his quarterback in practice and what he can show what he has done. You remember when A.J. Terrell talked about just them two going against each other in practice that the young man was doing phenomenal. I think he'll be fine. Wide receiver is one of the easiest transition positions from college to pro. The reps that he would get in the first half against Detroit, maybe even only the first quarter, which he got some of them in the first half against um, the Jets, and then probably none today, which even he wouldn't have got whether he was not nicked up or not, is not going to make a difference. If he's ready, come to Saints. He's got another two full weeks of practice before they play again. I'm fine with it. Grab number seven there, if you could, in a second. To your point, though, well, that's because there's no coaching and no real need to work on speed. You either have it or you don't. And size and what he has, you know. I was watching a kid last night at my high school game go up and get a 50-50 ball, and I was like, yep, that's what we're going to have from the Falcons with Drake London. Between him and Pitts, you shouldn't even call it 50-50 balls anymore. It should be 80-20 balls because they're going to get it 80% of the time. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. As we sit here and talk Falcons, we want to remind you, of course, they are up against the Jacks today, pregame at 1 o'clock. Kickoff at 3. You can hear all Falcons action right here on Sports Radio, 929 The Game, and 929TheGame.com. We're talking about um, Desmond Ritter. Well, actually, we're talking about the quarterback position, wide receiver position. These guys getting ready for their final preseason game. Here's Coach Arthur Smith talking about 
his quarterback, his new quarterback. Treat him like a rookie. We're not going to, you know, I think the worst thing you can do is you sit there and lower the expectations for somebody. He's we're trying to get him ready to, to play, you know, real Sunday NFL football. And uh, if you make it too easy on him, you're not doing him a favor. Absolutely. I don't know who said that, you know, you're going to baby him, but no. Uh, Coach Arthur Smith talking about uh, Desmond Ritter. This guy ain't he he is not to be considered a just you know a guy who hasn't seen it. Come if he were from Alabama, if he were from Georgia, if he was one of the top schools in the SEC or a Big Ten or something like that, we'd have a different sort of conversation about him. But because he came from Cincinnati, it's a little bit different. But then on second thought, you remember these dudes made the playoffs. Last oh, year. the Bearcats. Yeah, the, Bear- Bearcats, the Bearcats, Bearcats have been good I, for a while. I know that. So I'm saying you can't look at him like somebody. Now, they got it handed to him in that playoff game, but they ascended to that level. This is a team who went up against Notre Dame, took care of business, right? And so looking at him coming into this season, I think he is as prepared as anybody. And we talked about this earlier in the season. There's something to be said. There's a little intangible that's, that's, that's hanging around Desmond Ritter in that he's a father. Oh, he's a mature he, young man. He's, he's a very yeah. mature young yeah. man, and he has to be because, you know, he got more folks to think about. Mm-hmm. And if his football career ended tomorrow, he would still have probably the most important thoughts in his world on his mind, top of mind, and that's his family and his, right. young, and his, and his kids. Yeah. So, you know, I understand it. Hey, there was Jen Hobby. It was on TV there. <laughs> I just noticed it. <laughs> How you doing, Jen? Jen? Shout out to Star 94 and Jen Hobby. All right. Anyway, uh, I mean, do you agree? I, I do agree. And then, you know, it's funny. You, they talk about his readiness. He played four full years at University of Cincinnati, broke all kinds of records. And I want to I mean, he, he retired. I mean, he came out of Cincinnati as one of the winningest college QBs of all time. So he's got lots of playing time. You know, uh, in Pittsburgh right now, they're debating between Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky and Kyle Pickett. When Trubisky, you know, he went through your Bears. When he came don't out of North Carolina, that, he can't. had, what, 12 games I, of I starting experience? Number two pick in the draft. In San Francisco, they're going over to Trey Lance. When he came out of North Dakota State, he had, like, 13 games of starting experience, and now he's going to be the number one man in San Francisco. Yeah, he was an early pick, but he had almost no playing at time at North Dakota State. You're talking about a kid that started 30-plus games in college and won 90% of the time. Yeah, I mean, I was I was going back to something that you said. I was I thought that's where you're going to end it. Now, what does two schools? This is what I was thinking of when you were when you were giving me that. When you compare University of Cincinnati and say West Virginia, would you say West Virginia as a school as a sports entity is above Cincinnati? Would you say they're equal as far I would as power? I would say they're equal. Okay. That's Just what, because that's West Virginia pays in a Power 5 conference does not give them, to me, any better of a pedigree than Cincinnati. What about Wake Forest? I'm, bring, I'm getting it for, to a point. Absolutely not. I, okay. I'd take in basketball and yeah. football, I'd take Cincinnati's program over Wake Forest's program. You had an all-time great spend four years – at Wake Forest, who Tim Duncan went into the Hall of Fame. Okay, not too long ago, right? And what are the two qualities that we're talking about when we talk about these two players? Now, I, I listen. 
I should be run out of this business if I sit here and talk about Desmond Ritter's career in football, comparing it to Tim Duncan's. But what I'm getting at is those people who stayed four years, which you don't see that much, stayed four years at the college level and sucked every bit of knowledge, experience that was possible out of it. They were ready in a way that a lot of people who came out as juniors, infinitely more talent, but yet came out a lot ready, a lot more ready than others because of their time there. And one of the things that we have said in talking about both of them is their foundation, is their, is, you know, they're fundamentally sound and prepared to take on whatever is coming up next. In a way, we're kind of saying the same thing about both these guys. We said it about Duncan when he came in, and he was so boring. I mean, you didn't realize what you were watching until years later, and I'm hoping that's the case with Ritter. Do your job. Keep it moving. Don't let people try and, you know, put more on you than it's necessary, and you just be that consistent presence at that position and make us feel like we got this thing sewn up for the next decade. Hope so. I'll buy that ticket. Yeah, you will. All right, we're going to move into the 7 o'clock hour. Something special we're going to give you up next here. 8 Uh, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. See, I told you I'm all turned around. (laughs) He started an hour late this morning. Um, One of the biggest shows at this station right now is High School Scoreboard Show, uh, hosted by Sam Crenshaw and and, and Chris Parker. They started last week. Show 2 was last night, and their segment, School Day, is one of the biggest segments on there. They have a special interview with a former Georgia high school player who went on to be a great college or pro player, but they're not talking about that. They're talking about their high school days. We're going to replay that for you next. And the guest is DJ Shockley talking about his high school career. We're going to bring that up next for you. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app.